opened with me to Mark chapter 5. We're going to look at a familiar passage of Scripture. But you know, what you find with the Word of God, that there's always new revelation in the familiar. You can always receive revelation from the Word of God. Because God's Word is not a good book. It's not a novel. It's not just something you get off the shelf. You know, if you want to go get a good book, go to the library. But if you want your life transformed, get into the Word of God. It's the, it's the only book where you can get revelation from. And I've been reading this scripture recently, and I've got some fresh truths, some fresh nuggets to kind of deposit in your spirit tonight that will release, I believe, faith and expectancy. So Mark chapter 5, verse 25. We're going to look at how Jesus brings breakthrough and restoration to a person's life. And remember, if he can bring breakthrough and restoration to this person's life, he can bring it to your life. Are you ready? Mark 5.25, now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. That's faith right there. Immediately. That's what faith does. Faith brings it into the immediately. You see, faith is different to anything else. It, it manifests the miracle. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself the power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude pressing around you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Sozo, Chris. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. You know, this story that we've read tonight, and hopefully you've been following us, who are watching online, speaks to us of a woman with incredible need. She was clearly severely sick, and had spent all that she had on doctors and natural medication. But instead of getting better, she was getting worse. And we find that this affliction and this mountain and this stronghold of sickness that drained her of strength stared her in the face. She lived this life for not just a week or a month or a year, but it says that it was going on for 12 long years. And it clearly wasn't going away. Mark says here that instead of getting better, she was getting worse. Luke's gospel, uh, which also records this miracle, says that she couldn't be healed by anyone. This clearly was an impossible, hopeless situation that had no solution. Because naturally, there was no way possible that she could, could get healed. That was the facts that she faced. She was helpless. 
She was hopeless until Jesus stepped into her world. You've got to remember that everything changes. I know that. You know that. Everything changes when Jesus steps into your world. This miracle happened because Jesus showed up. And the same Jesus that was present and willing and available for this woman 2,000 years ago is the same Jesus who is present and willing and available and powerful for you today. If he was willing to bring breakthrough and healing for this woman here, he is willing to do that for you tonight. That is his message. That is his mission. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is here right now by his Spirit. Acts 10 verse 38 says, The God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all. I'm glad it, it, says, I'm glad it says healing all. It doesn't say healing some. It doesn't say healing a few. It says healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Jesus healed all who were oppressed by the devil. I'm glad that when I look through the Gospels, I find that Jesus never negotiated with the devil. You know, you could look through the Gospels and you will find that Jesus never encouraged anybody to stay in their sickness or to live with sickness. Jesus always saw sickness and disease and demonic oppression as a manifestation of the kingdom of darkness which he was sent to destroy. He came to deal with sickness. He came to deal with oppression. And he, he cast it out and commanded it to leave. He commanded his kingdom to come and for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. 1 John 3 verse 8 says, For this purpose was the Son of God manifest that he might destroy the works of the evil one. And you know this same Jesus that healed the sick and delivered the oppressed and destroyed the works of the evil one is the same Jesus who is in this room tonight. Tonight, hallelujah, because he is here, he can save the sinner. If you don't know Jesus, you can know him tonight. Tonight, he can restore the backslider. He can bring a person who's lukewarm in their faith back to being on fire for Jesus Christ. Tonight, he can heal the sick. Tonight, he can release his power into your life. He can manifest his glory in your life no matter what you face. That's our encouragement. You might be facing right now helpless situations. There might be a devil or demon standing in your way. But I'm here to remind you tonight that what's impossible with man is never impossible with God. Where there is no way, God can always make a way. When you say you can't, God always says, I can. Doesn't matter what trial or tribulation or problem that you're facing right now. Your God is able. Please remember that. He is able to do more than you can ask, think, or imagine. The same God who released his power to heal and turn around this, the, the life of this woman who had nothing is the same God who is able to do it for you 
tonight. Somebody once said that when we come to the end of ourselves, we come to the beginning of God. That is so true. That's true in this story, and I can say from experience it's true in my life, and I'm sure you can say it's true in your life. Because when you come to the end of yourself, you're ready for God to step in. I read this quote the other day, and it's so true, and it said this, when God steps in, he turns the mess into a message, the test into a testimony, the trial into a triumph, the victim into a victory. That's the God that you serve, and there is nothing impossible for him. And I'm here to tell you tonight, I feel it in my spirit, that is fresh grace available in this room tonight. There is fresh mercy, there is fresh grace. God says, my grace is available for you. My power is made perfect in your, in your weakness. When you're weak, God is strong. Sometimes we've got to come to that point where there's nothing left. When we come to the end of ourselves where God's grace breaks in. And releases the miraculous. Self and Anna were in Canada earlier this year and there was a lady that came out in a, in a prayer line and clearly she was dealing with some type of cancer. And you know, we started praying with her and she went down into the power of God and she, she got up, she was just screaming, she was crying, she was laughing. And she said, I'm completely healed. She said, there's, there's just no lumps in my body anymore. She said, she said I, it's like I came to the end of myself and, and, and I, all... All I could expect today was a miracle that nobody else could do anything. She said, but there's no evidence in my body of any cancerous growths anymore. You know, God can do that tonight. That's why we've got hope. We're not like the world. We're not hopeless. We have hope. We have faith. We have the grace of God and the mercy of God and the goodness of God. When there is no way, God always makes a way. He specializes in the impossible. He brought a breakthrough for this woman and he's going to break, bring a breakthrough in your life tonight. God is for you. He's not against you. Let's just look quickly at some keys, key points from this story that hopefully will help you understand and recognize how breakthrough happens in our lives. When we look at this story, I've seen a number of just fresh kingdom principles that I believe release the power of God. You know, it's important to know how to release the power of God. Jesus said this, he said, I will build my church and I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom. You know, we have the keys of the kingdom. Keys are important. They're important in the natural and they're important in the spiritual. Randy, if I take your car keys off you tonight, you ain't going to get in that car and you certainly ain't going to get home. Chris if, I, Chris, if I take your house keys from you tonight, you might be able to drive home, but you ain't going to get into that house. A key might seem so insignificant, Chris, but unless you've got that key, you ain't going to be able to use it to get into your house, or Randy, you ain't be able to get into that car. You need the key. And you know what's true in the natural is also true in the spiritual. We need to know the spiritual keys 
to unlock the power of God and open the door to the supernatural. And I believe there's some keys for you tonight that hopefully will help you position yourself for breakthrough and the miraculous. I believe we're living in that time where, where the latter glory of God's house, where the glory of God is invading the church to bring miracles and breakthrough and jubilee for the people of God. Hallelujah. But we've got to use the keys. Number one. Hearing is the key to receiving. Therefore, it is vital that we hear the voice of God. Verse 27. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. The first thing that we can notice about this woman is that she heard about Jesus. What did she hear? Well, I'm sure she heard about his works. I'm sure she heard about his miracles and his power. She heard about the good news instead of the bad news. Something positive instead of something negative. And you know, that hearing shaped her expectation and released a belief in her that if she could just get to where Jesus was, she would be made whole. And you know, the testimonies that she kept on hearing concerning Jesus shouted louder into her world than the sickness and the circumstances that she faced in her life. This clearly shows us the power of hearing the word. When you listen to the right voice, things change. Because the word of life changes and supernaturally transforms us from the inside out. The miracle begins here for her. And it begins here for us. She heard about Jesus. And you know, in the current climate in which we live in our world, we've got to hear the word. We need to be very, very careful concerning what we listen to. You know, the Bible places great emphasis on hearing. Hearing many times in scripture precedes speaking or seeing. If you hear something enough, you will eventually see it, believe it, and become it, which can e either be positive or negative. Jesus said this in Matthew 11 verse 15. He said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Revelation 2 verse 7 says this, he who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says. To the church. And you know this woman heard about Jesus. She listened to the right voice. And faith came. The conception of faith came into her spirit when she heard the word. When she heard truth. Because that truth demolished strongholds that were in her mind. And in her emotions. And you know just like her. We've got to guard ourselves from any voice that contradicts the word of God. We cannot take our beliefs from the spirit of this age. I know you know this, but maybe I need to say it to somebody online right now. Don't believe everything that the media tells you. Probably you can throw most of it out. Don't be controlled by what the world says or what the spirit of this age says. Be controlled by what God says. Be controlled by the word of God. The world will feed you lies. 
Life will tell you lies. Circumstances will tell you lies. But the word of God is always truth. Satan is the father of lies. God is the God of truth. We've got to be led by truth. Because it's only the truth that will set us free. There might be true things that are going on in your life right now. But that's different between, between what is truth. Truth is eternal. Jesus said thy word is truth. And when we stand on the truth. Hallelujah. Things that might seem true have to bow to the truth. Can you hear me right now? Bow to the truth of God's word. That's why I don't want to hear negativity. I don't want to hear unbelief. Unbelief brings the spiritual atmosphere down. Faith brings it up. I don't want to hear gossip. You know, if you want to come and tell me something about somebody else, I'll say to you, you, go and, you, you need to go and tell that person about that. If you've got an issue with that person, don't come and tell me. The Bible's very clear. Jesus said, go and see your neighbor. Go and see your brother. Sort it out. I don't want these carnal things to come into my zone. I want to hear what edifies me. I want to hear what builds me up. I want the word of God and the voice of the spirit that comes from scripture to be the greatest voice in my life. That's what will charge my faith. You know, we live in a world where many voices speak into our lives. The voice of our families, the voice of our friends, the voice of reason. You know, reason will take you out of faith. It really will. Because reason many times is based on natural circumstances. The voice of reason. The voice of unbelief. The voice of worry. The voice of questioning. Well, I've been out in that prayer, meet, prayer line so many times. Why should I go out again? They're voices, voices, voices. But you know, we need to believe above every other voice. The voice of God. The voice of God, the voice of the Holy Spirit through Scripture has to be stronger and clearer than any natural voice. Needs to be stronger than any circumstance, any fear. And that voice becomes stronger by spending time in the presence of God and meditating on the Word of God and placing God's Word above everything else and making it final authority. You see, when you hear the word of God and keep hearing that word, faith will come. It has to come. It will explode on the inside of you. And you'll believe what God says about you and believe what he says he can do through you. You know Romans 10 verse 17, as well as I do, it says this, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It doesn't say faith comes by reading. You know, you can just read, 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 read. Without the revelation and the help of the Holy Spirit, you will get nothing out of the Word of God. That's why when you come to Scripture, you've got to allow the Spirit to speak through the text to bring revelation to you. Faith comes by hearing. Now, please note this. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The, the, the literal Greek there for word is rhema. 
Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the now word of God. You know, you can go to the Bible and there is a now word of God for you that will come off the pages and bring breakthrough. How many times have you done that? You've been in a crisis, you've been in a storm, you've been in a struggle, you've needed answers and you've opened the book, hallelujah. And that revelation has come. Because in the days in which we live, we don't need information. We don't go to the word of God for information. I think I've said this to you before. We go to the word of God for revelation. Revelation is different from information. When you read the word and it's information, it will just go into your head. You don't need the word in your head. You need the word of God in your heart. You need it to bring light to your soul. Revelation is like being in a darkened room, a, a room that has no light. And you go into that room and you can't see anything in that room. And then somebody turns the light on. And then all of a sudden you see everything that's in that room. There's illumination, there's light. You can see what's in there. You're not in blindness anymore. You're not in darkness anymore. You can see clearly the eyes of your, your understanding have been opened. And that's what Revelation does. And people of God, for you and for me, every day we need revelation. Every day. Because we can only become more like Jesus through revelation. We can only know what's ours in Christ through revelation. We can only live in true victory through revelation. We can only have guidance through the storms and the affairs of life through revelation. And the Holy Spirit wants to give us that. So we must hear the word and hear what God is speaking to us. Because hearing brings receiving. You get full of the word, you'll get full of faith. Make the word of God your final authority. Secondly, she spoke her future into her present. She changed her world with her words. Verse 28. For she said, if only I can touch his clothes or his garment, I shall be made well. And that's by water on the floor. If only I can touch his garment, hallelujah, I shall be made well. That's faith there. There's no doubt, there's no questions. She said, if I can just touch his clothes, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made well. Do you know in the Greek, it literally means this. She kept on saying. She didn't just hear, but she kept on speaking the word. She kept on saying it again and again and again. If I can just touch his garment, if I can just touch his garment, if I can just get to where Jesus is. She spoke it into the now. She created her future through her words. Why? Because there's life and death in the power of the tongue. And we have to be careful what we say. Whatever you're facing tonight in life, you and I need to make sure that we're speaking the word. Doesn't matter if nothing is naturally changing. We've got to speak the word. God's promises are voice activated. You believe and you keep on speaking. You believe with your heart and you confess with your mouth. 
Everything that you see around you in creation was created through words. You look at Genesis 1. God said, God said, God said, God said. In the beginning, God said, let there be light, and there was light. All the way through Genesis 1, God said, God said, God said. Now, if creation and the universe and everything around us was created through words, what happens when we speak? Things are created. Good things or bad things. Words are like seeds. You sow seeds through your words. And they create for you and me a harvest. Words create life. We know as we see in society, words create death. I want to challenge you tonight and say this. What words are you speaking over your life? Don't speak words of doubt. Don't speak words of despair. Don't speak words of fear or worry. Declare what God says about you. Line up your confession with the word of God. Release the creative force of the word of God through your words. And it will transform you. It really will. From the inside out. It says this in Joshua 1 verse, out, verse 8. It says this. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth before it speaks about meditation in the heart it speaks about the word coming from the mouth Romans 10 verse 8 what does it say the word is near you it is in your mouth and in your heart that is the message concerning faith if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. You believe in your heart, and you confess with your mouth. That's the way you're saved. And that's the way you continue in the Christian life. It's the way that you release the power of God. It's the way miracles are released. You speak the word of God through your mouth. When nothing is naturally changing, you speak the word. When life seems out of control, you speak the word. When you don't see a way through the storm, you speak the word. Don't give up tonight. Lay hold of the word. Speak that word. Stay on the word. Keep holding on to the promises of God. Why? Because circumstances are temporal. You know that. They have an expiry date. They really do. You know, there's one, there's one verse, one phrase that you find all the way through the Bible. It came to pass. <laughs> I'm going to preach on that one day. It came to pass. It does come to pass if you're in the kingdom of God. Things are temporal. Circumstances are temporal. Storms are temporal. They come to pass, but the word of God, hallelujah, is eternal. We've got to keep on declaring the word of God, declaring the promises of God over our lives, over our families, over our children. You know, I do that over my kids. We do that over our kids. You know, for those that aren't walking with God, don't, don't pray, don't declare the problem, declare the promise. There's a difference. 
You know, when I think, think of my son and he's not walking with the Lord right now, I don't pray the problem. I don't confess the problem. I confess the, the promise. That's, that's, that's not that I'm hiding for the, from the problem. That's, that's not because I, I, I don't realize that, that he's not where he should be. I do, but I speak the promise. You see, I speak what I know God has spoken about him. I speak the word over him. And that's what we should be doing concerning our kids and our families. We need to be speaking that word. We need to be declaring. There was that promise years ago. And God spoke that over him. And I know he's going to get born again. And I'm just declaring that. It doesn't matter what I see with the natural eyes right now. I'm not basing my faith on what I see. I'm basing my faith on the word of God and what God has promised me concerning my kids. You've got to do that. Why? Because we live in a different kingdom. We're citizens of heaven. We see things from a different perspective. We see it through the eyes of God, through the lens of eternity. And if God has given you a promise concerning your kids, I don't know why I'm saying this, but somebody needs to hear it. If God has given you a promise concerning your kids, I want you to know He's not a liar. He's not a kind of God that's just dangling a carrot. Or a promise and saying, hey, you know, I might do this, I might not. God's not like that. He cannot lie. Just think about that for a moment. He does not say something and, and then, go, then, then, then not go through in his promises. He's not like that. If he says something, he is committed to fulfill it. He sees the end from the beginning, the beginning from the end. He's the Alpha and the Omega God. Hallelujah. He, he sees what's happening down the road, and he's saying, look, you're going to have to trust me. You're going to have to walk this road of faith. You're going to have to keep a good confession and speak the promise. So often I've been in situations where I've spoken the problem, and I've had to say, Lord, I'm sorry. I've had to say to my wife when she's given me a good shake, Anna, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. I'm wrong. When I panicked, when I've got into stress, strife. I had to sort myself out. I remember during lockdown. <laughs> we just, just started traveling after being locked down in the UK for a number of years. And what was it a year or a year and a half, something like that? We'd gone through three lockdowns. Three! We were told by the government that we couldn't go further than five miles. We went to the park one day and the police were at the park. I'm not getting political now. I'm just telling you what was going on in our lives. And the police said, what are you doing here? Ah, well, we only live a few miles away. That's okay. But we were supposed to not travel further than five miles, but our supermarket was seven miles away. But anyway, we started traveling. We have a motorhome. We travel around the UK from church to church preaching the gospel. And I was filling the tank on the motorhome and we pay between seven and eight dollars a gallon. And at that time, I think it was nine dollars because there was this crisis in the world and we were around nine dollars and I was filling up the tank. And I mean, I was complaining. I was filling that tank up Filling it, filling it, filling it, Randy. And I think when it was full, we were around $200 to fill the tank. 
And I paid that, Lauren, I paid it and we got in the cab and I was going up the highway and I was, I was having a good complaint. I was a good grumble. And I said, Anna, do you know how much it costs to fill that tank? And we're going to this church and we're on mission. How are we going to pay this and how are we going to pay that? And she turned around to me. She said, John, who's your source? Ouch. She said, who do you want to be your source? She said, is God your source? Or are you going to rely on yourself being your source? She said, because there ain't no recession in heaven. She said, it can go up to 15 or $20 a gallon. It doesn't matter. Jehovah Jireh is our provider. I was on the problem. She was on the promise. So I got slapped around a bit and I needed it. You see, I was focusing on the problem. She was focusing on the promise. And we've got to do that every time. We, I, I had to repent. I had to take those words back. Because there's life and death in the power of the tongue. This woman was focusing on the promise. If I can just touch. She kept on saying, if I can just touch the hem of Jesus' garments, I shall be made whole. Speak the word. Stay on the word. Believe the word. The word will always produce results. You stand on that word. You keep confessing that word. You keep believing that word. I've been saying for 15 years while we've been living in rentals, we're going to have a house. We're going to have a house. We're going to pay for that house when we had no money in the bank. Even when we came out here in May and we didn't have all the money together, we're going to have that house. We're going to pay for that house. I declare it. God's given us that house. We've waited 15 years. We've saved. We put money aside. We've got a few investments. We're going to have that house. We walked into a house in Scarborough. We knew that was the house and we got the house and we're living in that house. Faith has produced. God released that word and we said that house is ours in Jesus' name. Doesn't matter how long you've got to stay on the word. Time is not the issue. We just got to believe God. Amen. Finally, her perseverance and belief in what Jesus could do made a way where there was no way. She overcame every obstacle she faced with her action of faith. You see, faith believes, faith speaks, but faith always has action. You look at Hebrews 11 in your own time. There is always an act of faith. There is always an outworking of faith. Faith always does something. The release of our faith is when we step out and do what God is asking us to do. Let me just read you quickly some verses from Luke's account of this miracle. Which is found in Luke 8. We've looked at Mark 5. We're now going to Luke 8. Just to give a, a, a slightly different perspective from a different apostle. Luke 8, verse 42, as Jesus went, the people pressed around him. 
There was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. She spent all she had living on physicians. No one could heal her. She came up behind him, touched or grabbed the fringe of his garment, and immediately his, her discharge of blood ceased. Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied, Peter said, Master, the crowd surround you and are pressing in on you. But Jesus said, someone touched me, for I perceive I felt the power had gone out from me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him, declared in, in the presence of all the people why she had touched him. And now she had been immediately healed. And he said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. This woman was not dismayed by the crowds of possibly thousands of people that were surrounding Jesus. No, she pressed through the crowd. She didn't wait for Jesus to come to her. She went to where Jesus was. That's important. It's interesting that the Bible says you draw near to God and God will draw near to you. There's an action of faith in, in, in where we need to be. She pressed in to where Jesus was. She touched the hem of his garment. And immediately she was made whole. You know, I've found in my life that usually when you are believing God for something, there will always be resistance. There will always be opposition. Or in this case, there was a crowd. Tonight you might be facing problems, you might be facing issues, but probably what you're facing is not as severe as what this lady was facing. This woman naturally had no right to touch Jesus. If you look at the Bible and under the law, you'll find in Leviticus chapter 15 that the law said she was unclean. She had a discharge of blood. She had no right to go near anybody, not even a crowd. The law demanded that she should be separated from society. She had no right to be here. But she decided that she had the ability and she had the right to press through that crowd. She decided not to quit because nothing was going to stop her from getting to Jesus through the crowd because Jesus did not represent law. He represented grace. Hallelujah. She knew that grace was calling. She knew that there was something different about Jesus. He wasn't like the scribes. He wasn't like the Pharisees. There was something about this Son of God, this Son of Man that, that attracted her. There was something different. Grace was calling her. Love was calling her. Mercy was calling her. And she was prepared to press through that crowd to get to where Jesus was. In a sense, there will always be a crowd there are always things in life that are trying to stop people of faith. Think about it for a moment. There can be the crowd of fear. There can be the crowd of unbelief. The crowd of reason. The crowd of I've prayed for this for so many years and nothing has happened. Nothing is going to change. I'm asking you tonight to ignore the crowd in your head. And press in. Step out in faith. And press through and see what God will do. You know, many years ago when we had a little small catering business, we heard God to step out and step into ministry, and now we travel to the nations. But you know, there was a crowd back then. There were a number of people that said, you need to play it safe. You need to listen to your senses. 
this is absurd. You're going to give up everything? Are you sure God has said that? How many people have come up to you and said that? When you know you've heard God. Are you sure? Just leave it a week. Leave it a month. Leave it a year. But we'd heard the call of God on our lives. And you know, if we'd have listened to people, sometimes good-meaning people, that have good intentions for you, but they haven't heard the voice of the Spirit. See, that's the important thing. If you've heard the voice of God, you, you can't negotiate on what God has said to you. You can't back off the will of God for your life, whatever it is. But you know, if we'd have listened to good-meaning people, we never would have stepped into ministry. We never would have seen thousands of people, and we have seen thousands of people, either born again or made fresh commitments for Christ. We would have never seen them if we played it safe. We would not be here tonight with you if we'd listened to the voice of reason and listened to the voice of natural counsel. If we hadn't pressed through that crowd and pursued our destiny, and what is true for us is true for you, whatever that is in life. Faith requires action because faith without works is dead. That's the problem with some Christians. They talk the talk, but they never walk the walk. There comes a point in all our lives where we can't just keep hearing the word. We've got to start doing the word. Faith is action. If God is telling you to do something and he's been on your case this year, don't put off to tomorrow what you should be doing today. Sometimes we're like that. We'll put it off and put it off and put it off. I'm a bit like that sometimes. And Anna turns to me and says, John, when are you going to do that? John, when are you going to start writing that next book? <laughs> oh, I got an amen in that corner there. Why are you giving this excuse? You're on the road and you're doing this. Look, you can do it. Stop putting it off and do it. Write what's in your heart. And we're all a little bit like that. Whatever God is telling you to do, wherever there's that prompting in your spirit, don't put it off. Do it. Step out in faith. And step into what God is calling you to do. Somebody once said this. They said, faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. If we take the first step, God will reveal the next step. And I believe for some of you right now, maybe you're, you're watching, maybe you're not. Maybe you're in the room. <laughs> but this is the time to step out. This is the time to step into the new. Just like Peter stepped out on the waters of destiny. We're to step out. And I believe as we do that, as we step out in faith, God will do more than we can ask, think, or imagine, this woman pressed through the, the crowd and touched the hem of his garment. You know, some commentators believe that the hem of the garment was the rabbi's garment, that, that some believe traditionally Jesus would have wore. And you know, the hem of the garment was where the tassels were, where, where, where the word was. And some believe that when she touched the hem of his garment, she touched the word. She reached out and touched the word, but in one sense she did because she touched Jesus. She got to where Jesus was, and Jesus is that word, amen. And the word makes us whole. 
She released her faith in the Word. And the Word healed her. And as this woman laid hold of Jesus and we laid hold of the Word, power is released. Jesus said, I, I feel, I perceive power has gone out from me. And just like faith released the power of God to this woman, so faith will release the power of God into our circumstances. Faith believes, but also faith acts. Go back yourself in your own study. Look at Hebrews chapter 11. There is always an action of faith. And if God is provoking you tonight to step out, step out. Whatever that is. It might be a new realm of your business. It might be an area of evangelism. It might be something in your life that God is telling you to do. Step out. Step into the new. That's where the miracle realm is. Amen. She touched the hem of his garment. And she was made whole. Praise God. Stand with me for a moment. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Just start praying in the Spirit just for a moment if you can. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you're here tonight. Thank you that you're already speaking. You're already working by your Spirit. We give you all the praise and all the honor and all the glory for being in this place. And Lord, right now, we're asking for miracles. Right now, Father, Lord, for those that need it in their body, in their mind, in their emotions, we call on you right now for breakthrough. Lord, we thank you for people that you've already spoken to right now in this place concerning breakthrough, concerning what's going to happen. But Father, right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we just command breakthrough to come in the name of Jesus. And Father, I just pray right now, just out of my spirit, I pray, Lord, for anybody in this room right now that has pain in their body. I pray that that pain will leave. In Jesus' name, if there is physical pain in their body right now, I command it to leave in the name of Jesus. If that's you, just, just stand out in, in the middle aisle here right now. If there's pain in your body, we're just going to command that pain to go right now in the name of Jesus. Anna, will you just join me right now? Hallelujah. Wow. Father, we're just believing right now, Lord, for pain to leave. We're believing that, aren't we, Anna? We're believing right now, Lord, that as we pay for, pray for people, that pain in the body will leave in Jesus' name. And we're believing for that right now. That's where our faith's at. That's what we're praying. That's what we're believing. That, Lord, even as, as, as your dear children just lay their heads to sleep tonight, there'll be no pain in their bodies, no pain when they get up. And they'll just be testimony after testimony after testimony of pain leaving the body. It's gone on too long, Lord. It's gone on too long, and we're standing on your word right now in Jesus' name. And we believe in you right now, Lord, for all pain to go. That's what we're praying for, for pain to leave.
kind of wholeness, restoration through his presence. In Jesus' name.